1: If you could only watch three wrestling matches, what would they be and why? This is what I'm asking some of wrestling's best, be it in the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. Hi, I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps.
0: Please welcome the voice of Insane Championship Wrestling, Billy Chakwell! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Joel 10 years in the making. Ladies and gents, this is Fear and Loathing 10. On the rebound to the steel jam. Red out in the ring, there's no referee from Dallas. This happens, this happens. Ladies and gentlemen, what an night has been here already at ICW Fight Club. I'm and Valley Cup with here at William Green. And we have got ourselves an intergender. You're gonna win, Simon. Billy Kirkwood, it's yourself, sir. How you doing? I'm very well, Tom. It's so nice to finally speak to you. We've known each other for years, but yet this is the first time we have ever spoken.
1: The internet's a funny place like that, is that you can sort of know enough know so much about somebody and hear them so often but yet not have had a conversation with them. Because anybody that watches ICW will will already be familiar with you because when I was compiling clips to use for future episodes and stuff, it's it's all you that that, that tells these stories.
0: Uh, and of course I've heard from the, the work you've done there called the Holly Radio. So it's it's kind of it's such a bizarre thing. <laughs> <laughs> to think that. Um, and it was it was one of those things like, well, I know how Tom sounds, but i yet to see him face to face.
1: It's such an odd thing. Again, a reason why you and I should have spoke so much sooner is we're kind of weirdly sort of kindred souls in the sense that we're both working in wrestling, but we both do radio as well.
0: Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, unbeknownst to a lot of wrestling fans, I actually do a morning breakfast show here in Scotland. The hardest thing to it, Tom, is... I've got all these different audiences that I play to uh, and then when they inevitably end up in the same room at the same time maybe come and see me do a solo stand-up show it's like spinning plates because you will get the poor breakfast radio show audience that will go well it's not like this in the mornings," <laughs> and then you've got the wrestling fans that are, are wanting you can say, the Billy f***ing Kirkwood and then you've got the stand-up fans so you've got all these different groups if I were more successful I probably would have just picked one group to have went for Life place
1: would be boring wouldn't it oh exa- exactly yeah and, it, and it's almost fun in a way to to confuse and alarm and surprise those people <laughs> in yes. those in those different situations because i would imagine that a lot of people's like the, when people find you on on west fm that the yeah. music that you play there is, is is very different to the music that you would normally play that you're normally associated with with icw yes. and the that fact that sense. you're there instead of talking about like the uh, about the world title match you're talking about how much you hate peppa pig it's a very different <laughs> (laughs) carnivation but still very Billy
0: Pepper Pig is bringing out an album. I can't stand Pepper Pig, mate. So it's called. She's, no, she's not bringing out an album. <laughs> she's not bringing out. It's bad enough that I've got to watch Pepper Pig in the telly. She's always fat shaming Daddy Pig and talking back to Mummy Pig. She can't sing. She well... can't sing. I can't believe I'm getting this upset about Pepper Pig. <laughs> I'm, I'm the best at singing. You're not the best at singing, Pepper. You're going to have to learn some things in this life. Don't go your way. To coincide with the 15th
1: anniversary of the show, so you know 15 years Peppa Pig apparently has been
0: about Peppa Pig's been going 15 years apparently how long have I been going I feel like I've lost it life put you to shame shut up Peppa <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say these these many different versions of us in here but we all occupy the same space I was what I'm basically saying is Bray Wyatt was my idea <laughs> I, I'm coming out and saying it <laughs>
1: What was your first love? Was it radio or was it wrestling? Oh, God, it was wrestling, 100%. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, um, wrestling predates stand-up as well. It's uh, My heart beats for stand-up comedy. Radio was not something I was meant to go into. Um, but in a, in, a, in a rather kiss-on-the-cheek kind of way, wrestling and stand-up would probably led me into radio because before I got to radio, um, I had... let me think i'm trying to think of time frame so let's see i joined west fm in 2016 so and i started i said i had six years worth of broadcasting experience that i learned very i mean i've done podcasts and what have you before but um it was those that led me into doing radio and and with all due respect to radio which i'm doing right now and i'm enjoying and i'm learning um, um i'm not a dj Um, I'm a radio presenter I'm learning to be a radio presenter I'm a stand up comedian that's doing that As opposed to stand up when you're just a guy on stage Telling dick jokes or whatever Um, But my first love is wrestling Going all the way back to I'm, I'm just old enough to remember Wilder Sport when it was still on ITV Just old enough uh, I remember watching it with my mum on Saturday afternoons and just thinking this is great but that was back in the day when that's all there was in wrestling to a generation of us who didn't have Sky TV or a cable station you know that pro wrestling in the UK that's what it was it wasn't until I started hearing about WWF and, uh, and I think the first pay-per-view I might have saw whole way through was SummerSlam 92 like many of us and it just blew my mind blew my mind
1: Did you, Would you say it was like you immediately just fell in love with it?
0: Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. I mean, uh, in terms of a whole pay per view, that's definitely the first one. I'd seen bits and bobs of pro wrestling um, uh, from an American standpoint. And that's really around about 11, 12 is where my sort of fanaticism, if you would, exploded, uh, around about that age. And then I just was beginning to ingest as much of it as I can. And then we started getting videos of WCW, and it's like, are, are you joking? There's a plate. There's more. There's more wrestling out there, and uh, and that's that's kind of where it just grew and it evolved. And I like to think that I'm not one of these quitters, Tom, that we all went to school with, that went, yeah, I used to like wrestling, and then I grew out of it. I was there <laughs> for the whole slog. I was there for the whole. I remember WrestleMania night. I, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I often equate it's- being a wrestling fan to being a bit like a football fan. Oh in, God, in the yeah. sense that like like if Monday Night Raw is bad we will sit there and we'll complain about how bad it was this was awful this needs to change this needs to change <laughs> anyway see you next week you know? yeah
0: yeah, yeah. And so it's, it was like when all these Game of Thrones fans were moaning about oh the last season oh I don't like what they did with that character oh the storyline is ridiculous how dare you <laughs> how dare you next time you that's what it's like for us every Monday every Sunday every time we click on like next time let's. And Game of Thrones fans, next time you see someone with a wrestling shirt on, you give them a fucking salute. Right? Like, <laughs> you give them a salute. People like me and Tom and the guys at Cultaholic and all the ICW, but all the people that have been fanatics for such a long time, we are worthy of your respect. There's a knighthood in the post, I'm sure of
1: it. <laughs> Billy, I'm sending you onto a metaphorical desert island. But in doing so, I am giving you a DVD, and I'm going to burn onto that DVD three wrestling matches. The only three wrestling matches you can watch whilst you are on the desert island. So throughout the show, I'm going to ask you for your three wrestling matches. And I'd like to ask you now for match number
0: one, please. All right, well, I've got to say I've put a little bit of an asterisk next to these choices, simply because I could not pick three favourites. But it's definitely three matches that I could rewatch again and again and again for very, very different reasons. Um, and they are. They're all for very, very different reasons. Um, because there's an element of nostalgia, there's a little bit of my own personality, a little bit of bits and bobs, right? So I'm going to start with an off-the-wall choice. Uh, and this is, and I don't think many people would... Oh, by the way, Grado didn't put me over last week, so none of Grado's choices are in. <laughs> uh, no,
2: no Grado matches. no Grado
0: matches. Uh, uh, But But uh, still, this one is actually from Halloween Havoc 1990, right? Not a pay-per-view you hear mentioned very often no. at all. Unless it's the Black Scorpion. But it's actually a US tag team title match. And it is the Steiner Brothers versus the Nasty Boys.
2: From New York City My colleague, Paulie Dangerously, the president of their fan club, of course. The Scorndale chapter. Oh, yeah, who cares? And-
0: A lot of people are not aware that the Nasty Boys were in WCW on their route from AWA to WWF. Um, if you've never seen the Nasty Boys back in the day, hard to believe, but they were quite athletic. Um, still quite doughy as a win, but they were up against the Steiner Brothers, who probably at this point are at their level best—the best they ever, the best they ever were as a tag team, in my opinion. In my opinion, and this match is for the U.S. title. What I love about it is, Tom, it has got such heat, such energy. It is frantic how they are just battling into each other. You get a feeling this is four men's, and this is why we love it so much, four men that just want to kick the shit out of each other. And it's an element of pro wrestling, it's an element of, I hate using the phrase realism, because that's what no, I mean, its uh, its it's got a real heartbeat to it that just really, really pumps up as the match goes on. There's nothing pretty there's nothing too necessarily overcooked shall we say it is just four men trying to they really genuinely look like they're trying to beat each other beat each other to the point and you get the feeling they viciously dislike each other the match ends with the steiner brothers going over and the match ends with them lifting the title but even in that there's something not taken away from the nasty boys because you got the feeling that this match would have continued well into that. this was a feud that is all with the butterfly effect we never got to see more of i'm such a massive fan of tag team wrestling and i love this is a mirror in wcw where you've got like the midnight express at their very best uh bobby eaton uh, even even the free for what they were you had doom you had the horsemen see uh, it's a period but the the reason i use the the nasty boys and the steiner brothers it's just a match that i've found myself watching again and again and again because the crowd are intensely into it, as they were in tag team wrestling in 1990 in NWA slash WCW, and uh, it is the nasty boys out there. But I can understand why Vince went. I want these guys, and I'm going to put the title on them straight away, uh as the as the team that would feud with LOD. What is I it would,
1: about tag team wrestling that you love?
0: I think it's an element, and and us as commentators, they it adds a depth to the story that you maybe don't get to tell in a singles match because it's different shades of grey, it's, it's a rainbow is pro wrestling. As we know that, every match is unique, every match is should be. Every match is unique uh, and every match is different. But I think it's the com- camaraderie between four men, it's, it's teams. We don't get to see people operate as teams, they're individuals as they are in radio, wrestling, but in football teams, and in sports teams, there's just a different element to people fighting on, this, on the same side with the same motus operandi, people working as a combination, identifying weaknesses, identifying the different personalities, identifying the different physical makeup that exists between people and seeing the different element of how they can tell that story. Is, uh, is Robert Gibson making the hot tag, uh, getting the hot tag from Ricky Morton? He's been in there selling his arse all for the entire match. If you never get an opportunity to see the Rock and Roll Express at their very, very best, go back and watch it. A Titan combination, they're incredible. And even now we have the likes of, in, 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 in WWF, I guess, uh, or WWE, I beg your pardon, how retro-rific. Um, <laughs> we, we've got uh, the likes of The Revival, and we have The New Day, and even these different physical makeups And where people come from, I think, as a as a combo, and the fact that these people are choosing to coexist. There's so many different levels that you can do before a tag's been made. Uh, and I just, I think that is really what it is. I love it. it's a different element of storytelling. And when done right, when done right, I think tag team wrestling is maybe the most exciting in pro wrestling. When done, it's, it's a hard thing to pull off in 2019.
1: Favourite tag team in
0: 2019? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, uh, bum, 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 bum. I, in wrestling right now, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, um, Big Man, Wee Man. We haven't seen enough of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy yet. Oh, tag team. get in. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen enough of them yet. If done right, I think they could be huge. Absolutely huge. Um, Favourite tag team? Oh, God. I, I, you know, I could be a complete wuss and go home, homegrown and go, I'm a big fan of the Kings of Catch we have here on ICW. Um, Lewis Garvin and Aspen Faith I think are fantastic, but if I'm going out of ICW, um, oh God, the tag teams are so fleeting and I hate that. I hate that. Um, you know, I'd love to see something come on Bobby Roode and, and Dolph Ziggler, but it won't. It won't last. It won't last. At the very least, um, they
1: could call them Rudolph. I'd love that. I'd it's, love amazing. that. it's amazing. It's amazing. A lot of people who will be familiar with your voice, they'll be going, "Oh my God, it's th- it's that guy from there!" You know, because that because it's such an iconic sound that ICW has, and that is because of, of yourself and uh, and and your commentary team. It's it's a really exciting time for ICW right now. It feels.
0: You know, we're evolving along with pro wrestling as all wrestling companies in the UK are. Hopefully. Um, and we're evolving along with that And it's, yeah, it's an exciting time And there are some exciting things on the horizon And uh, we're all looking forward to it For me, it's great I mean, I've got, I'd say I've got a new commentary partner I've been working with uh, Jamie Kennedy Who you guys, I'm sure, are aware of mm-hmm. um, Going all the way back to uh, November last year When he came in um, I think he was still working with our, our friends at the Defiant at that point um, Sadly, that's not gone the way I think everyone hoped um, but that's neither here nor there. You know, I've worked with many commentary partners before, and it's yeah, it's an exciting time to be uh, involved with with ICW. I, it's still, God, it's it's still a job that I just think is just so. Every now and then, I still have to pinch myself. Going, I get to call rest. I get to, I I've got the dream. I, I get to be a stand up comedian, and I get to be a wrestling fan. I get to be a wrestling commentator. If I could go back to Billy and to like when I was 20 years old, go by the way, this is going to be your job i don't think i would have believed it i don't think i would have believed it
1: i think one of the moments of of, of many that have, that have stood out in icw and i think if you look on the youtube channel it's certainly one that's got uh, a lot of interaction was that moment that triple h walked out
0: triple h!
2: I just wanted to take a second to come here tonight to thank all of you. Because the truth is, this is where our business starts. Every single night in a place like this, with guys like this, in a group like ICW. To
0: even hear them say those words, listen to this. The Welsh are known for being a great voice, and they certainly are tonight. I got word triple h is coming down maybe 20 minutes before um what do we call him uncle paul i, don't, uncle I, don't, paul, I think you call him now mr, mr. levesque <laughs> uh mr h i don't know um i don't mean that in any disrespectful way it only comes to me before this moment i don't know what to call him <laughs> triple h so i got word that he was coming just as we were getting ready to take our break and even and even then it's like I ended up and i don't normally do it at the, the icw shows i go out and I do a bit of stand up i get them warmed up for us doing the opening of the show and getting in you know the tv opening and getting into the start of the show which is it's my bread and butter i do that every weekend i do that every week night anyway um but it was going out and going i'm, I'm just going to get them a little more jazzed up and a little more cheery just as he's coming in the door you know just so there's a real feeling of they're excitement not that they weren't but it was just kind of like like come on guys we kind of just need to go from fourth to fifth gear without going because f- Triple H is turning up <laughs> <laughs> and then we went stage of the break and he was nothing but a gentleman he, like, I can say this now for anyone that's involved in pro wrestling anyone that's involved in comedy anyone that's involved in entertainment that gentleman shook hands with every person in the building like everyone that was involved in the production he went around and introduced himself to every single person and if someone on that level can do that then i think we can take time to shake hands to everyone when we meet them at a venue do you know what i mean i I, that's not me having a go at anyone i just it's a real lesson when you can get schooled by an old pro then we're always learning aren't we to have him come out was just the most surreal thing (laughs) and uh, for no for to be such a surprise and it was great the way the fans reacted it was a real real treat for them more than anything it was a real real treat for them And to have him say the kind words about ICW uh, was—I just, for me, the hard-working men and women that are at ICW, you know, all the way from you know Mark Dallas to uh, you know Duncan Gray that works um, from the TV crew to every wrestler to the ringside guys—it was those guys I think were deserving of such an accolade. And was for me, I was just so delighted to see it. Uh, I thought that was just wonderful for them. And a great message to send to the companies of pro wrestling across the UK. Everyone deserved it and it was good to hear. It was good to hear. On to your second match. Well, this one will get me some shit, but here it is. Okay. Um, this is the Gimmick Battle Royal from Wrestlemania 17. <laughs> <laughs> I have rewatched this so many times, <laughs> it is
2: unbelievable. Sound of the bell, and we're off and running with a gimmick, Battle Roy, <laughs> take a look at this, 18 men in all in the rain somebody just, <laughs> God, not, I missed it, the Repo Man is history. Repo Man, I think, this looks like a right. let's make a deal.
0: If there was ever a guilty, I'm a big fan of companies like Shakara, I like comedy when well done in wrestling. I like comedy when it. I like I like wrestling when it does take itself, vehemently seriously. But I also like it when it. We're all in on it. We're all fans at the end of the day. And if there was ever a a tribute to the fans, it was the gimmick battle royal all the way back when and. Like many, I always watch these things and goes, "Yeah, but what if they could have got one last one? What if Demolition had came out? <laughs> what if we'd had Demolition? You know, uh, we had Repo Man. We got, could have got Crush not put the gear on one last time. It's silly, and you just get the feeling—I don't know—you just get the feeling everyone is just having an absolute ball. You know, all the way from the last time, and maybe the only time—it to- was the only time we'd ever get to see Bobby Heenan has uh, still." At his best uh, Gene Okerlund Both those guys Still fit and healthy uh, Doing ringside commentary In front of What 80,000 fans mm. you, you get to see Those 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 people Like Kamala uh, You get oh, Just the names that are, The Goon The Goon <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Goon was the biggest Surprise for me like uh, and need some legit big pops in there for the guys like Michael Hayes comes out the wrist comes off the astronaut <laughs> the wrist comes off the place uh, and, and that you know that's and that's not that's not Doc Hendricks that's not Michael P.S. Hayes that was or Michael Hayes that was with the Hardy Boys that's Michael P.S. Hayes from the Sportatorium <laughs> taking on the Von Erich that's that Michael P.S. Hayes I just love it With a big Bruce Prichard coming out to wrestle his brother. Love, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, that's the real James Cornett sprinting down the aisle. It's it's uh, just such a bizarre thing to see. You see these people locking up, and the, the and I I still you're not meant to pull the the, the curtain back too far. But the fact that Iron Cheek had to win it because he could not take the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everything I love about pro wrestling right there such fun and uh, just, just one of those things in pro wrestling just makes me smile just makes me smile and I think I could watch it again and again and again, even wrestlers and I think it's such an odd thing, even wrestlers that you go, I don't necessarily know if I was such a big fan of you at the time But for some reason, Repo Man makes me smile. We're of a
1: similar mind when I give you the line that I give to quite a few people when I say that I love wrestling because wrestling is inherently bollocks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it is, isn't it? It's inherently bollocks. Just as, here's a thing for anyone that wants to get blown away by standout comedians. They've said it before. (laughs) It's it's not the first time they've ever said it. There, there. Uh, John McLean's not really jumping off a building. It's an element of suspension of disbelief. I can tell you, as you can, those those men and women are going out there and they're hurting themselves. They are put on a a style of that is real-life stunts done for us on this real-life action men, real-life stunt men, women they're putting their bodies on the line they're hurting themselves I hate those people that will say things like well they don't hurt themselves well, you and I have been at ringside we've seen the damage that these men and women have done to themselves and you know a touch with hey, the best you know, can see it but, uh, but I love pro wrestling and all it's different the, I don't think there's really another form of entertainment that covers the gambit that pro wrestling does you know it, it may as you say it may be bollocks but it's, an ex- it's because it. We're jumping without a parachute. We're not taking it so seriously because we are taking the jump into the water. We are
3: letting ourselves be averse by it. And I just think it's crazy. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
0: because of the way I dress I mean tonight for some reason I've came out dressed as a goth snooker player because <laughs> I know that some of you are sitting there looking at me thinking my god he looks like the son of Jack Black and haggard at the Harry Potter films right and if I do this with my hair toadfish out of neighbours <laughs> that's a joke for the youngins in the audience <laughs> improv night's coming back to Glasgow yes that's right uh, I think we're back on the 21st there's so many busy things coming up uh, uh, I've been Very lucky. The last, I've been a a full-time stand-up comedian for 14 years. 14 years. uh, Ten of them have been good. So (laughs) it's it's, uh, yeah, very busy. Uh, These regular nights are doing Glasgow. These uh, Monday night improv is very much a guilty pleasure. If you wonder what the mental equivalent is of comedians playing five-a-side, come and see uh, a Monday night improv. Um, Got a couple of TV shows in development. Uh, Regularly gig at the stand in Glasgow and Newcastle i uh, got a new show coming out next year i um, uh, got a tour show coming out called Happy Goth and I'm going to be debuting a new show at the Glasgow Comedy Festival called uh, The Inevitable Billy Kirkwood The Inevitable Show About Having Kids <laughs> so, um, it's just uh, which is a slight side swipe for other comedians who do shows about having kids but fuck them uh, they're not going to buy a ticket why should I care uh, yeah <laughs> What's the process of,
1: and I've always been intrigued by this, the process of when you say, like, I've written a new show. Yeah. Like, the, the mental process that goes into that. Like, where do we even begin with that?
0: Well, you know, um, going all the way back to when I started, uh, I used to be quite scripted. Like, uh, oh, I knew where I was going from here to there. And really, So, so to me, the parallels between comedians and wrestling are bizarre. Because you'll get some comedians that are good, good guy comedians, and bad guy comedians. You might get guys that are quite scripted and quite improvisational. You know, guys that can call it on the fly. Uh, you know, they, uh, so it's it's kind of like that. But in terms of starting out, I mean, you always need a concept. You always need something to move from. I mean, I would say to anyone, you know, your first five minutes you ever do it needs to, see, you know, you need to know exactly where you're going. You need to have a feel for it. You need to be exercising muscles, mental muscles, in a way that you never have. And after a while, you start getting an awareness, know where you are. I mean, I tend to, I, I am quite improvisational. I'll, I will make up stuff as I'm going, but I always have an idea about what the, you know, where I'm going. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, And and over a while, you you, different comedians have different styles of how they perform. Uh, and, and that's really where I go from there you'll, you'll develop the idea I mean a, a one minute line might become a two minute line you could do something for six months before you finally go oh Jesus that's the wrong punchline or, or that bit links with that bit I've been doing and that's how you will eventually develop a show from 5 to 10 to 15 to 20 or unless you are like you would a book like you would a storyline like you would a short story you're sitting down and you're going right this is point A and I need to get to point C what's everything that comes in between, and you refine things and you make them better, and that's effectively the process. Whether it be improvisational, I, I always like to say to people, uh, you might come, you might come and see me do the same joke, but I guarantee you won't let see me do it the same way. Uh, it's I, I I have a big turn off over of material, and that's really what it is. I mean, uh, I've written shows about pro wrestling, but in terms of how you do like a weekend set, you might be. You know, booked to do like 25 minutes, or you might be booked to do, you know, host the night, and so you're always turning over material. And you know, something think, the exciting thing about live comedy, Tom, and it's, it still very much is what holds my heart, maybe more than anything, is that uh, no two gigs are the same. No two gigs are the same, and the live experience of comedy is the best way to experience it. No disrespect to the millionaires, the sellouts are on DVDs, <laughs> Saturday nights. Um, I mean, obviously, that would be somewhere that would be nice to be... Oh, would it? I don't know. It's, I think mean, you going
1: to get at least one Netflix special under your belt.
0: Uh, well, that that would be nice. i yeah. probably end up on Amazon Prime. I think anybody <laughs> can get an Amazon Prime. Uh, um, but he's still... And, and that's the thing. Even after all this year, I still have boxes to tick. I still have things I want to do. I still get to experience new things. And that's why I'm so in love after all these years. Still with stand-up comedy, I've got big plans for next year and the year after and uh, yeah it's exciting and, uh, and that's the thing I, I genuinely love it more than anything else in this world I think what really like
1: with, with yourself what really ties together your, your three main um, turns obviously your, your stand up comedy the stuff with, uh, with wrestling and, yeah. the, uh, and, and the radio stuff as well is it is all trial and error in front of an audience
0: yeah and, and that's how you learn that's, I mean I've been, I've been very lucky I, I'm, I'm not to blow on horn I really hate that I'm, I'm quite diverse I mean, uh, I, I do all these different things and I learn how to get good at them. Um, because I think that's just the most exciting way to be. I mean, like, you don't just get in a car and know how to drive a car. You know, it's, it's, it's about learning. These, and I, I I guess it's just the thrill of that in a lot of ways. I mean, um, and, and the fact that they do all vaguely t- tie together. I mean, when I started on the radio, I mean, I'd, I'd hosted podcasts and what have you, but I started on the radio. I'll never tell really my sh. But I did know that I couldn't be the stand-up version of me. I certainly couldn't be the wrestling presenter version of me. So I had to learn how to be early morning, way before the watershed, this is your target audience. I had to learn to do that. And even now, why I think you get to the point where you start having an awareness, but then you've almost got to come back to getting things wrong again, to get your own personality, to get your own ideas through and start being unique again. And I think that's what what it's about is, is learning to be unique, but still tick all the boxes. It's mm. uh, I, I think that's it. And and again, it's like even with opening the shows at ICW, it's like I've going to go out there and entertain the audiences before I even thought about going into presenter mode or opening a you know being on on commentary with with Jamie or whoever for three hours. I like that. I like the challenge. I like the challenge of how do we do that? How do we how do I make this different? So I know that no one else on the planet's doing this, or even. More likely, you hear someone stealing your ideas, but we can talk about
1: that. now I think. <laughs> no, I mean, we we can dig in now if you want. I think I was because because I I hear you, I hear you on this because I, I try my best to maintain like an optimistic out, out uh, outlook <laughs> on life. I try really hard, and yeah. there are times when like you've done stuff, and, and you know what, radio radio is rife for it, sir. Oh Be- g- because you're fucking yeah. no idea. It's just I well, the idea's good enough, so no it and, and just wholesale steal it as well, and it drives me crazy. Like at least put your own spin on it. At least do like if you're gonna nick it, do it in your own way. Don't just like <laughs> yes, don't just yes. lift it word for word. It's like it's the creativity of a photocopier. Like there's none. Like you couldn't and, and it's annoying when when you hear presenters that you that you admire uh, that the, just, you know, they've stolen something from Australian radio.
0: When have I got the time to steal? They even got the time to listen to Australian radio. <laughs> but it's like you say, it's like, well, you should always be looking about for creative ideas and to put your own spin on it. But if you can't do that, what's the fing point? <laughs> But I, as I say, I try and keep a positive
1: mental attitude about the whole thing and, and in my mindset I've always gone, well, I've just done this, a bigger radio station has heard that and I know they've done it literally
0: verbatim to the way I've done it, it must be good. It was one of those things that, and I, and I can say this, hopefully this doesn't get me any shit, but I know when the wheels started turning and I started feeling comfortable, we started do, I started doing things and then it would pop up in a couple of other places. And it was like, well, I must be doing something right then. But then it was like, hang the fuck on. <laughs> These things are just getting outright wet. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. There is nothing I can do about it. We need to stick together, Thomas.
1: <laughs> as well as three matches for your desert island, uh, I need you to take with you uh, a movie, an album, and a luxury item. So we'll start a with a
0: movie. God, that's so hard because everyone is going to expect me to say my favourite movie. Yeah, but yeah, but you've
1: blown expectation out of the water by picking the gimmick Battle Royale as one of your yeah. matches. So you know what? It's it's uh it's the Wild West from here on in.
0: Yeah, well, you know something? Um, I mean, I would say The Big Lebowski because it's my favourite movie of all time. But you know something? That's too obvious. So let's make this interesting. <laughs> time on the island. Uh It's. I, the thing is, to look at me, you might think he looks like he works in the waltzers, You know, he's <laughs> he's tattooed. He's, he's very. Hairy. I'm, I've grown a beard so it matches my accent. <laughs> so, uh, but I am at the end of the day an old arty farty I was meant to go into TV production. Like that, that was that was where I was going. Uh, uh, but you know the reason I didn't, Tom, and it's hilarious now. When I say it out loud, uh, I didn't go into TV production or film production because um, there wasn't any regular pay. You'd have to be self employed. There was unsociable working hours. <laughs> uh, you know, all, all, all those things which are very much how I live now. So um, I'm going to pick that, but I'm a bit of an old arty party, and I'm going to pick one of my favourite movies from the modern era, which is actually a movie called Moonrise Kingdom, which is directed by Wes Anderson. Um, it's not an obvious choice. It wasn't a big hit, but it's actually one that my son... I've got two kids. Uh, my, old, my eldest son, Loki, has uh, autism. And a, a highly functioning. He's smarter and funnier than I'll ever fucking be. Uh, and I suspect stronger. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, um, um, it's a movie him and I love together because it's, it's got such a... Uh, it's so theatrical, but it reads... Like uh almost like a bedtime story in its own way. It stars, but it's a who's who. It's the Tilda Swinton, Jason schwartzman Bill Murray, um uh oh god, there's so many, so many big names in it. Uh was Angelica Houston in this one, no, she isn't. Uh um Ed Norton, uh, Harvey kite loads of it and it really is those guys doing uh um Wes Anderson's movies if you've never seen them I did like Isle of Dogs and Rushmore and Fantastic Mr. Fox they all have a real sort of theme to them all they're almost dreamlike in it. So, and that would be it because I think I would find that a relaxing influence and it would be a world that I could tap into that would be like the desert island but with one that would make me feel like home so that would be the one I would to take with me. okay be- um... Sorry. not an obvious or funny choice but the true
1: one. No, it's nice. I love it. I love it. It's this. That's all. That's what it needs to be. It needs to be the true want, one.
0: I don't want people knowing I'm as deep as I am. <laughs> I, want, I want people thinking it's all shouting, hair flapping, and deck jokes.
1: As I so say, I'm you picked the gimmick battle royal as one of your matches, so it's absolutely <laughs> fine. The
0: the, uh, the, the, yes. the
1: we've, we've got a nice cross section. It's beautiful. Um, how about an album.
0: An album, God. Um, I've got to think about the stuff that's constantly on my playlist. So, oh god, I, and I've got such an eclectic taste. Uh, and I'm one of these Spotify guys that when uh, literally something comes up, bang bang, it's in the playlist. So none of it makes any sense. None of it matches. None of it goes together. Uh, a song that I would listen to all the time. <laughs> it's good. No, that's, that's stupid. I was just thinking, god, what would it be? Um, oh, right, all oh, right, right. I'm going to go with an album. Um, you know, it's going to have to be a movie soundtrack. And I think it's going to have to be the Big Lebowski. Oh wow! Okay. It's going to have to be the Big Lebowski because only on that album will you get the Gypsy Kings singing Hotel California. Only That's on, that on there. That's a ama-
1: of course it is. That's
0: amazing. Uh, so I, I'm going to say I'm going to say that if I can't take the film with me, then I can live the lifestyle. By then, I imagine I'm going to look a lot like the dude. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just going to be shuffling around mindlessly uh, and. Uh, quote and brother love so I'm gonna say that and my luxury item.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh uh, well you know everyone likes a nice shit. So <laughs> Okay <laughs> So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a, a, a nice toilet. Oh for God's sake. I'm take a nice toilet. Right. Uh, yeah. No. Do you know I don't
1: know whether you, I don't know how much you listened to this before, but the but the ongoing gag is that <laughs> everybody's luxury item is to do with their ass. <laughs> so I it was Cole Cabana started this, because he's yeah. taking a B Day. Good man. Um James Storm is taking toilet paper. Good man. Uh, I believe Credo's taking wet wipes. All right, and, and now only... and now you're taking a fully
0: functioning toilet. I am the only one to take a nice toilet. Everybody's just gone for cleanliness of the arse. Listen, it's wrestling. We all like a nice, clean ring.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be me. Enjoy the view. We have one more match uh, for your DVD before we send yeah. you to the island. What match is your final match, sir?
0: Oh my goodness! Right now, this one. Um, there's so many. I mean, there are so many matches that have meant a lot to uh, to me I, I keep trying to think about the ones that helped me transition from being um, re- you know sort of casual wrestling fan into becoming more open but then I started thinking about what are the matches here that I am proud of that I could watch again and again. This one and I oh, fucking hate the fact that it, it's a dual, dual edged sword but one of the ones I'm going to go for is from Shug's house party last year. It's my only ICW match that I'm putting in. Shug's house party last year, and it was just just justice, Jackie Polo taking on Lionheart. Tonight, Jackie Polo's got nothing to prove. No, he does not, and and this is the thing. He beats Lionheart one more time. Lionheart's gone, and he would love that. Love that. And taken away from that, he wins. How can he be not considered for a World Heavyweight Championship? not looking at it that way skin in this game. I'm playing that you know what I mean I, I'm sitting back watching this as a fan but it is hard to glance away from the emotion the raw emotion is in the like, these two men so polarizing not only in the ICW locker room.
3: Well, fans at home, get yourself a drink, put your feet up, sit back and enjoy Lionheart versus Jackie Polo part three. Will
0: it be repeat or will it be redemption? Um, Several different reasons. One of the ones is I thought it was an example of British storytelling in a way that we don't get to see enough of in a pro wrestling ring. No disrespect to the athletes again in that ring, but it was two athletes in sync. With so much behind it, and uh, even on commentary, it didn't seem like. I have no memory of calling commentary on it because that's how into it I was. It just kind of, and you—you'll know that as a commentator, Tom. Yeah. Sometimes you're just locked in, and you're saying what comes from the heart. There's no predisposed lines, and I could have picked Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. I could have picked the cage match from Fear and Loathing. Uh, for the women's title a few years ago which I would still think is the best match I've ever called uh, I could have picked uh, Mikey Whiplash versus Grado when they had a 30 minute blinder and it was I know it wasn't going to mention Grado I wasn't going to say that but it's just an amazing match it's just two guys and, but again it, it comes into the same realm as this one it's two guys that were in sync and it was in many ways a journey for both Coming to such a significant point um, uh, for for Adrian, and of course, we lost Adrian this year. Um, It was the best he'd ever been. It was the crowd in sync just behind him in a way. They just wanted him to win, and just all that work, all that hard work, determination leading to that point. And this is it. He'd won championships, he'd done things before, but this was, you know, for me, and I know he won the world title in November of that year but even for Jackie Polo they are, oh God I, I hate the fact I'm picking up Jackie Polo like this <laughs> uh, but uh, if just an unsung hero of British pro wrestling an unsung hero of European pro wrestling that deserves more laudits than he gets more credits than he gets and for me it was just a match that I could have watched again and again and again because it had everything, it had so much going on, it had a style of pro wrestling that I love. Two men that I had the up, I have the utmost respect for uh, in front of a crowd, an ICW crowd, who just no disrespect to companies around the world, are still one of the very, very best crowds to perform in front of. Tom, you have to come and be our guest one day and just experience it. I would love that if you'd make the trip.
1: I would. Um, I would be honoured to. I'd be honoured we- to be a guest.
0: Let's let's make that happen. I'd love the rest of the guys to come from Callaholic as well. Be, be my guest anytime, anytime. Oh, bless you! Thank you I'll, very I'll, much. I'll I'll put you up. I'll put you up uh, um, and and uh, um, and just come along and we'll just have a party. it really good. But it's and, and it's a fixed point in time that just everything in wrestling clicks. For me, everything in wrestling clicks, and it's something that I can watch as an old man and go, "I was a part of that. I was a part of that."
1: There was one moment in that match that you called perfectly, and kind of it broke a bit of the. It kind it kind of it broke a bit of the rules. I'm saying that in speech marks because it was like deep, deep, deep into the match, and it was when Judge. It was when uh, when when Jackie Polo hit the um, Stars Clash. Yeah. And and your line was literally Lionheart's life flashed before his eyes, because it, because it was the move that had injured him yeah so it was and and the fact that deep into that match where they've wore each other down lionheart kicks out a one and just stands straight up as if to go you didn't just do that you didn't just try and do that
0: it snaps you out of it but it keeps you in it's it's almost like this ramble movie they've got coming up everyone's got one last fight left in them everyone gets that one last shot it's so almost theatrical but then it was then it was in front of our faces then it was in front of our faces and like you say it was just so hard not to go oh my what you know and, and, and even now I get excited about it and that's the thing I, I, if anyone watches ICW don't think my enthusiasm is fake because <laughs> I couldn't fake it uh, if I tried uh, I, I just I'm so into it and that's what i love about so many of my british commentary brethren uh, you can't look at anyone that is not as passionate is not a fan and that's what i am at the end of the day i'm a fan that got lucky i'm a fan that got lucky and uh, and and that is a match that i come back to as it's just a fixed point of everything that was icw everything that was british pro wrestling everything that everything that everyone had worked so hard for not only in the match but out the match had getting working to get that crowd there. People that had wrestled, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, further down south, wrestling places. All these, com- everything coming together in one place, and that's the reason why I would put that match on there. I mean, like I say, you said compile three. God, there's so many. I could, I think, I would sh- struggle to keep it to a hundred of my favorite ever matches, uh, and that's not including stuff in ICW. I mean, I could have changed that. I could have changed it a dozen times over. I could have changed it to. Uh, um, I could have changed it to this year's South, South Party because there was huge moments there as well, um, but that's the one I decided to pick on this occasion. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a match that I could watch again and again and again. It's oh. it's such a big feel match without a championship involved, or just why we love pro wrestling.
1: I'm really glad that you, you picked an ICW match in amongst all of this. I'm really glad actually you picked a Lionheart match as well because, yeah. um, as, we, as we know, we lost Adrian earlier this year. And we don't want to go into the, you know, the, the details of it because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's out there and a lot of people have spoken about yeah. it. But I, what I would like from you, Billy, if you don't mind, is give me a really, really wonderful story that, that you can share about, about Adrian.
0: You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to come on here and profess that we were, like, busy mates. He was, a, he was a friend, and all our interactions were always warm and filled together. He loved to laugh. For someone that is so serious, he's such a silly <laughs> f***er. <laughs> he always had another level, notes, something to give you about the match. No Regardless of who it was, he always had something to give you. That just let you take it to another level in terms of what you did and add to the story. He had such a mind for the bigger picture, you know. And uh, and and uh, uh, but but in terms of uh, um, God, if there was a dog, right? It's got to be. It's got to be. He was in full heel mode, shall we say, somewhat lost in the shuffle. And he is in a tag team match with Liam Thompson as his partner. Kind of an odd couple. Don't really have any business together. And Joe Hendry and Davey Blaze are who he's wrestling. And this is when Joe was at his parody video Best. No, no disrespect to what I'm sure is still to come. And it is the Selfies with my Doug video. I don't know if you've seen it. My name is
1: Lionheart.
0: Greatest part
1: Scotland has ever heard. My name is Lionheart. I like taking selfies with my brand new dog.
0: And I had never, ever, ever seen him break in such a way, and that ring. I mean he broke he was crying walking around the ring I was literally walking across to, and I remember making eye contact with me and I'm going across the sea of people Billy get them to stop this <laughs> like I had the power and we're all and like literally 500, 600 people are just buckled sweet and he could not bring himself to get back into it and it was just it was just pulling back the curtain just that little bit and that is what that i think is why people loved adrian so and why they loved the lionheart so because they knew there was just so much more to him it feels like there's been so many stories told over the last couple of months and that's one that i have never told it just and making eye contact in that way and you know something he was one of the warmest men i'd ever met and this is this is a silly thing to tell people but Whenever he knew I was gigging away or I was pulling long nights, like I'd be gigging down south and maybe I was driving through the night to make the radio or if he knew I was away, I always got a message to make sure I was home okay. I always got a message to make sure I was... And even when I did that, because I actually broadcast West FM to Ayrshire where Adrian made his home. Um, he was always messaging on the radio show. He was always messaging. And the day before my first ever breakfast show, so I'm up at... I, I was... Um, actually doing an ICW show in Bristol the night before so uh, we finished the main event I got in the car with Lewis Durbin uh, we drove through the night to make sure I was there to do my so I did my first show without any sleep and he was messaging us making sure we were awake and made sure that I would got to the radio show safe that morning and I, and I always really that was so nice of him to do because he was the only member of the I that I'm throwing anyone under the bus but he was the only member of the ICW crew that was aware of what was about to happen, and uh, and I'll always appreciate that, and I'll always uh, hold a special place for him in my heart because of that. Um, never made a big deal of it. Never made a big deal of it. But it meant it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me. <laughs>
1: We've come to the end now. I'm going to hand you the floor and anything you want to plug, shout about, send people to, you go for it, my friend.
0: All right. Well, you know something? There is so many things coming Billy Kirkwood related over the next couple of years, good or bad. Um, Let me think, what can I plug? Well, of course, I'm going to plug ICW. Uh, You can find me on social media, Billy Kirkwood Comedian. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Say hi. Let me know you listen to the podcast. Uh, I'd appreciate that and I can let Tom know you listen to the podcast Uh, and uh, I'm in panto at Christmas solo shows at the Glasgow Comedy Festival going to be back at the Fringe next year just stay in touch say hi that's all it takes I'm always producing something I'm always onto something and uh, and I'd love to hear from you make sure to keep tuning in to ICW Worldwide and make sure to keep following you know what Tom's doing here on the podcast for Cultaholic Holly and the guys at Culture
1: Billy, this is genuinely, and I don't say this to everybody, this has been one of my favourites. And uh, it's beautiful. been so wonderful to speak to you. Like again, it's one of those things where I feel like we've known each other for ages but we've never actually spoke. And it's been so well, wonderful to speak to you.
0: Let's let's make it... let's let's try and do this a little more often, shall we? Uh, I'll come down to you and you can come up to me. <laughs> that sounds
1: but sounds wonderful. We'll do weekends and bank holidays together.
0: Awesome, awesome. <laughs>